You are now listening to the Fight Fights Like a Girl, Girl podcast. The Big Fridge and GQ Smooth. Yo, you tuned into the Fights Like a Girl podcast. This is the head and not the tail. GQ Smooth. GQ underscore SM zero O T H on IG. And I got my co-host with me. What's your name, man? The refrigerator short doors finest, you know what I'm saying? Coming to you straight live from the basement, the dungeon. And if you can reach me at Facebook, Facebook, excuse me. I keep saying at on Facebook <laughs> at Lamont Natum. Fridge, or you can also reach me at 48 the short at gmail.com. How you spell Lamont? L A M O N T F R I D G E, and that'll get you there. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know how to spell that, so I had yeah, to actually. That name sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast for another day. I'm not a Frenchman. Good morning. But what's, what's on your heart today, man? Well, what we're talking about right now is what the fuck is wrong with our black. People. Mm. And uh, intriguing. Okay, so like to kind of kick this off, is there anything that you have in mind that's wrong with our black people? Because I, I kind of got something that I think that <sighs> this is going to be a heavy episode. Um, yeah, it I really mean, is. It really is. <sighs> Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? What's well, that? let me set. Let me let, let me set the table. So. There is a concept in psychology known as emotional genetics. Ooh, big, big words, right? And emotional genetics are the same thing as genetics. In DNA, you know, you got, you know, things that are, you know, you got, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Sinazine, guanine, all this old carrying on in, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so these things, you know, actually give us the traits or proclivities that we have. And coming from slavery, many of us possess emotional genetics that were passed down to us from our forefathers, our mothers, our fathers. Things like the word heifer. When a sister calls another sister heifer, woo! <laughs> Give it to them. That is straight from the mouth of the slave master. Because once upon a time, black women had to feed white children on their breasts so that Miss Sally didn't destroy her beautiful white breast. And so therefore, we still call ourselves the same thing the slave master calls. So when somebody says, man, you know Tony. No, I don't know Tony. You know black-ass Tony. Why you got to be black-ass Tony? Black-ass is a derogatory term given to us by old master again. So therefore, we must be careful about these terms. There's no crime in being dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. When is the last time you heard a white man say, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, Brett, Brett, you know, white ass Brett, you don't hear that. You see what I'm saying? So we pass these terminologies, these psychological profiles, these, you got the degree. What am I talking about here? <laughs> 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 I 
I mean, you're on the right track. I'm just saying, you're you know. Right I need, I need, I need the one with, the, I need the one with the degree to tell us what we're talking about. Because I don't want to see, you know, I was educated in the penitentiary. You was educated in Wright State, so you know, you, you, you <laughs> got to be there. Out the real college, Wright State. Step away from the mic. <laughs> I'm just saying. They might tell you have headphones on. Listen. Uh, I would say to kind of dumb it down because our society loves to dumb it down. Racial profiling. Mm. Self-inflicted racial profiling. There you go. And it's ugly. And it's ugly. And so many people ask, well, what the fuck is wrong with y'all, right? So we're just going to chop it up about what happens to be wrong with the so-called black man and woman in the United States of America. And its origins all go back to a slave ship known as the Jesus Christ. Quite ugly. Quite sick. And they want to eradicate these histories. They want to destroy these histories. But they're not going anywhere because we still keep perpetuating these same stereotypes. These same maxims and terms that we use. And they're destroying us. When we call each other niggas, we think we're not doing anything but... There was a book written by a great white man called As a Man Thinketh. It's also quoted in the Bible. As a man thinketh, therefore so you are. Right? And that's where esteem and self-esteem and things of that nature come from. And I mean, we got to start respecting these things. But in order to do that, we got to go to the root of every problem. As Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad once said, or Noble Drawley once said, you got to go to the root of every problem. So... As a sister, you see, we got cultural differences. You know, I'm old school black. She knew school black. Okay, millennial. And you know what I what mean? What do you say? And it is, it's crazy because a lot of people wouldn't even consider me to be new school black. I would be um, kind of straddling the fence to a lot of people. Hmm. Because, like, even though I'm black, I was, um, they would say, pretty much raised in a, a white institution. Because, you know, when you go to college, you're, well, I was 18 when I stepped foot on campus. And, um, you know, your mind, they say that your mind isn't fully developed until you're uh, 25. Still malleable, yeah. Yeah. So, they would pretty much say that I'm raised white mm. with black aspects, is what I was told. So, um, what's the question again? Tell me again. The question <laughs> is, very simple, the difference between you and I, what do you see now with respect to emotional genetics being passed down from slavery, do you still see it as that, or do you see the dynamics changing? Demographics are changing. Mm. Sociology is somewhat changing. Ah, what you do know, you see? Basically, um, the world is always changing. It's forever changing. We're always involved in change, you know, even if you want to go back to Darwinism, mm. uh, for those who believe in that. Um, you know what I mean? Evolution. Um, Whatever. So, I mean, just for the sake of the, sake of the topic, then, right. you know, change is forever. But to that, I would say, when does change stop? Mm, never. The universe never stops changing or configuring. I mean, the sun that we possess right now is going to collapse upon itself, create a supernova, consume everything in its orbit, and then probably start another one. Or a horsehead nebula if we lucky. <laughs> so, to you, is like literally every day live life as your last? Oh, yeah. Yeah, ain't no doubt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because money, one thing I learned in the joint, man, all them years is that time is man's greatest asset. And there's a lesson in the Moorish Quran, the Circle 7, that speaks of a person waking up and what did you do from the time that you woke up to the time that you laid down. And then you, those times accumulate. 
And then when your ass is on your deathbed, first thing you say is, I wish I had more time. And you don't get it like that. So with respect to emotional genetics and things like that being passed down, we got to look into the origins of how and why we got like this. When we look at the African who gets transplanted into the United States, there, there's a terminology for them. It's called the replacement population. And the reason why they would like to replace our population with them is because they have a culture. If our culture wasn't important, then why did they steal it from us? By them, I'm talking about the Europeans. Why did they take it from us? Why did they take our religion? Why did they take our gods? Why did they take our language? What separates us from the Mexicans? The Mexicans and the indigenous, ain't nothing but the African that took a long-ass walk, according to, uh, according to European science right now. But we know different, but... What is the difference between us and the Mexican right now? The difference between us and the Mexican is simply culture. Culture. They still know who they are. We don't have a clue as to who we are. So here's an example. My name, as you said when you opened the podcast, is Lamont Needham. Lamont is French for the mountain. Le Monts, right? I am not French. I don't look <laughs> French by any stretch of the imagined fucking nation, okay? But my name is Lamont Needham, a European name. By all accounts, given to me by God knows who. If you had a white boy named uh, Batoon Akintunde, you would laugh. Like, really? <laughs> His name is what? <laughs> <laughs> and it is just, just as ridiculous that his name is Batoon Akintunde and a white man as mine's being Lamont Needham. But because we've been acculturized, that's the proper terminology. Acculturation has happened to us. We are, you know, we are a product of it, you know. Since we have been indoctrinated by the European and the slave master and the former slave master, because slavery still goes on in institutions as we speak, we accept these things wholeheartedly as true. We have no idea. When I speak of voodoo, a lot of black Christians look at me like I'm worshiping the devil. But the truth of the matter is voodoo is one of our religion, original uh, religions, okay? One of our original mainstays. Voodoo is not a bad thing. It simply means ancestor worship. And so therefore, when we're talking about voodoo, voodoo was how the French Revolution actually started. There was a man by the name of Daddy Bookman who had a voodoo ceremony in the 1800s, early 1800s in North Haiti. And he set off the revolution because he accessed the ancestors. And Haiti right now is the only free so-called black uh, country in this hemisphere because of voodoo. But they took voodoo from us. They took all, they took Islam from us. George Washington outlawed it in, in Mount Vernon. There could be no black Muslims on his plantation. He murdered them because Islam was not for you because Islam, we, many of us studied it, those of us who were who came up around the Timbuktu area, was exposed to Islam and Christianity because we studied it because it was a school of thought, one of the original schools of thought in West Africa. So therefore, they took these things from us. And then you wonder why a nigga is crazy. Keyword: why is a nigga so crazy? Well, what is a nigga? That's the question. Oh, man, it's a heavy episode. Um, Very heavy. I would say, like, just speaking on my generation, and I can't speak for everybody, but I will say, um, I think what's wrong with the blacks in my generation is um, we are still thought of as less than, mm. you know what I mean? And it's it's heavy because it's like 
we gotta fight um ten times harder, especially as being as black woman, uh, forgotten souls, bottom of the totem poles. Um, you know, you gotta fight ten times harder than to get even equal to the black man as far as pay, as far as um equality in general. So I feel like um within the black society we just want to be accepted um, because we have the credentials. I have the credentials, you know what I mean? And it's just like people give you um, skin color one glance and they're like, you don't have the credentials. And I have, a more, I have more credentials than the people fighting on our public de- uh, police department. The requirement for... A uh, police officer in Columbus, Ohio, is a GED or um, high school diploma. I have mm-hmm. a master's degree. I sit here with a master's degree and still kind of worth um, value less in the American eye, less than um, those who don't. And I'm not saying you have to go to school or have a master's or a PhD to um, be successful in this uh, country, but at the same time, it's just like, that's one thing I could personally say I feel like I had to do to make sure I don't get looked over. Hmm. I resent one aspect of that comment, and it's only, it's my noob, but it's not black men that you're up against, because every stat points against us. We are disappearing. The stat is white men. I think D.L. Hughley this morning was talking about this statistic, that in order for a sister to make what the average white man makes, she has to work two years to his one on an average. Black men aren't in this equation in all aspects. We're, we're really not. I really wish we were <laughs> with respect to the balance of the sexes because we can do a lot better, but we're not there. Outside of that, though, I respect everything else that you said, everything else that you said. Uh, I think men in general, you have a point. I think men in general is uh, 80 to 100 in earning, no matter what the race is. So you're right about that. But with us, it's a whole different statistic. It is sick. But at the end of the day, the sisters are on the rise. Mm-hmm. Sisters are coming up. The sisters are on the forefront. And I, Do you think that's because we outnumber men? In- For one. Okay. But women outnumber men in this country, yeah. regardless. That's what right? I was going and, and yeah. Sisters definitely out because we're only, you know... Uh, what is this thing? We was, uh, Three to one, maybe? Yeah. The African is 18.6% of the population, I believe, from my last check. And I think the black man is like uh, close to 7% of that. And you know that stat ain't right. So, I mean, you know, y'all numbers by just pretty much an astounding number. But regardless of the fact, we're talking about us as a whole and what the hell is wrong with us. And this thing we call emotional genetics. So I want to break it down to the brothers and sisters who may not have never looked at it like this before. I was in a fair joint with one of the brothers from South Carolina, whom I love. And if you're listening, you know who the hell I'm talking to. And so one day I was uh, on the tier. On the bottom tier, he was on the top tier. And his homie from SC was hollering up at him like, man, where my buddy at? He said, I'm going to get you your damn buddy. He said, man, you ain't shit. He said, yeah, nigga, my mama told me that. Right. (laughs) So we laughed at it. But then I took it to the lab. Like, damn. Our mamas, and I hate to vilify our mamas, because the overwhelming majority of us are raised by our mothers. 
Tell us some things that are so detrimental to us. You ain't going to be shit just like your daddy, right? And they tell you these things from the age two, three, four, five, six, seven. They hammer this into you. You ain't going to be shit just like him. Any little thing you do, you ain't going to be shit just like the dude that you made the mistake with, right? And so they hammer it into us, and they think it's nothing. And then let's talk about expectations. When we talk about expectations, what's that book uh, that was written uh Black Heart something something by the Chinese sister, you know, where they talk about the, the rigidity of raising children in a Chinese society, I believe it is, or Japanese, don't hold me accountable. Reach me at 48theshort at gmail.com <laughs> to correct me, please. But when you talk about an Asian, an Asian child, right, their people put a piano up under them early. Make them learn the violin because these things actually teach them a different language out the, re- out the gate. And their expectation is you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, and if you're a loser, you're going to be an accountant. Jewish people, those of, those of them who actually strive, feel the same way. Japanese who strive feel the same way. Aboriginal Africans who come over here and strive feel the same way. You're going to be something. That's why there's so many African doctors outnumbering African American doctors here in the United States in just such a short amount of time. The expectation placed upon your child is completely different. Why is that? Because the slave master embedded in us that our children were to be subservient no matter what. Why in the fuck do we have to have the talk? Talk of what? There's a lot of talk. There's a sex talk. No. There's a race talk. No. We talking about the two talks. <laughs> the first talk is how to act in front of white people. Can't be yourself. How to act in front of white no, people. No, no. See, I never had that talk. I got the talk of how to act in public. Okay. That's white people. <laughs> subliminals? No, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, subliminal. <laughs> the, the overwhelming majority of Americans are who? She didn't tell you how to act when you came to see me in Short North. She didn't tell you how to act when you went over Grand's house on the east side. She taught you how to act in public, meaning around white people. Don't be trying to exclude yourself. That's why I hate your generation. <laughs> Ain't no exclusion. And they teach you how to act in front of the police, who was overwhelmingly. You know what? I never got that talk. Yeah, and um, You think it's uh, uh, because of gender? Oh. That's a good one. It might. I, I have to touch base with my brother who um, is a black male, and I actually asked him if he got to talk of how uh, to act in front of the police because that's a talk I've never had, and it's just like maybe I should have, but I could say, um, ah, okay. I hate to put myself out here. I drive a uh, very newer edition of a Ford Mustang, color yellow. That bitch is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Drop top. That thing ruthless. <laughs> so I will say, um, I have been pulled over by the police a number of times and never issued a ticket. Um, the last time was probably last month. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I'm in... A suburb of Ohio is called Worthington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was dressed in a blazer, very nice blazer, $200 blazer. Yeah, and some people will say that's cheap, whatever, but you know, whatever. It's still a blazer. blazer. I mean, that's, yeah, just for a jacket. Cool. Yeah, it's a good blazer. <laughs> nice button up slacks, of course, dress shoes, pocket square, whatever. 
full-fledged. So I'm dressed in front of it, and there's a car in front of me. I'm in Worthington. We're both going the same speed, and um, he pulls me over, not the other car, and he's like, oh, you're speeding. I'm like, if I was being in the uh, car in front of me, you should have got because I was following that car, and we were going to speed same speed if you can judge distance or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, like, where do you work? And where are you going? And you're dressed very nicely. Like, what do you do? I, I could tell, like, he's just trying to figure out. He's only asking me these questions because he just wants to know how I afforded a Mustang. Right. That's it. And then he's like, oh, you're cool. I'll let you go. Bye. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I get it. I don't know what that would look like if I were a black male. You know what I mean? Oh, but do you know what it would look like if your name was Bethany? With nice blonde hair and a nice straight nose. Nothing. That's right. Maybe not have pulled me over. And that's the but difference I can, in your generation. You can't really judge because the person who pulled me over looked like he was a... Uh, how do I say this? I don't want to say mixed, but he looked like he was a biracial. Like, so he's a uh, Well, white supremacy skin. is a state of mind. Because yeah. you got a lot of fair-skinned people who yeah, are just racist. Like, I was locked up with... Uh, he was on there. As a matter of fact, you can... Uh, you can Google, dude. I was locked up in Lee County with a guy who was a black skinhead. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of a black skinhead. Oh, he was a black skinhead. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you know, we hated his guts when we was locked up. You know, he was a disgrace. But his thing was, fuck y'all niggas. You know what I'm saying? I'm with them. White supremacy is a state of mind, not a state of, not a state of skin color. You yeah, know? and it's just like, you know, I have been, even though I haven't had the um, police talk, I had to talk of you, the play the game or change the game. You know what I mean? So I guess at that point, maybe I was just playing the game. Right. Because it was just like, I mean, I can answer all your questions because I'm not doing anything that's crazy. Like, I'm that's not the lifestyle I live. Right. I'm not out here committing crime, doing drugs. I not in, That's not my scene right. at all. So, like, man, I don't know if that's what he's seen or if he's seen, like, oh, I just wanted to know what you did. I mean, same issue when I'm coming around in your hood, um, getting off of work, you know, work for a government agency. Right. And um, getting She's off of work. She's a spy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting off of work and, um, you know, I have the nice car or whatever and... One cop starts following me. And now, you know, I'm getting off work. I don't care. Right. I don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to um, racial profile you because you're in uniform in a um, marked car. So, um, I continue. I see him call for backup. Now, there's two cop cars following me. And as I keep going down the street, out of the jurisdiction of where I'm at, there's three police vehicles following me. One of them finally pulls up to my side, like, just before he gets out of jurisdiction. And I guess he looks over, realizes that I'm a female. And was like, I see him do whatever he did on his walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkie. And then I'm... They're, they disappear into the shadows. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder how that would have worked out potentially if I was a black male. Mm. And yeah. it's like, okay, as a police, okay, if you're going to racially profile somebody, I get it. And I know you don't feel that, but I get it. No, I actually get it too. But 
these women out here, I'm just going to drop a gem on the law enforcement in the community. Women out here are doing at just as much, maybe even more, than the black males, than what you think. So if you're going to do that, do it to everybody. I'm sorry, everybody. People are going to hate me for that. I do not do it for everybody because it's about equality. Yeah, and it's just like, just because you, you looked over me, you don't know what I was doing just because I was dressed nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what I'm saying. Just do it for everybody. You don't know what Sarah's doing just because you dressed. Sarah might be a, a meth head and pushing that shit to Arizona. Well, let me get, let me interject. Because I went down under the crack law and the overwhelming majority of crack addicts and dealers in the United States were white. Mm-hmm. But if they live in suburbia, they don't get pulled over. They pull over the niggers. Bethany right now, in the midst of the so-called epidemic, is definitely getting high. Yeah. And I'm talking about seven times out of ten. It's bad right now. But Bethany ain't getting pulled over. And I would say that too, being just somebody young who um, graduated college twice. It's just like... I've been offered a plethora of drugs and have not taken them. And the only people that I've really um, offered drugs by were white individuals. And I'll be like, oh, no, I don't do that stuff. And they're like, oh, keep doing that. That's good, you know. Mm -hmm. Black people, I would say probably smoke weed, but they ain't doing no crack, meth, heroin, mushrooms just that's just my personal life right. and they probably are right. but i could say the amount of times that i have been over drugs is by the white person mm-hmm. absolutely and that's the thing about- i don't know if it's that is that's because they outnumber the black person mm-hmm. or if that's just because i have to do more research on this because i am a researcher right. so it would be like i don't know if that's what it is you know, they're doing it more or what? Well, USA Today had an article before I left the joint about that, about, you know, who gets pulled over and why. And it was stated basically that in the event that you pulled over as many white people as you did black people, then the numbers would increase by three. And I I, I believe that. With respect to arrest. I believe that. I mean, it's just based on the fact that they they outnumber the black person in general. But it's just like, why do you always think just because of the color of my skin? And I'm not saying everybody. So, you know, everybody stop getting up. Right? But, like, in general, like, why do you think that just because of the color of my skin, like, I'm selling drugs, I'm doing drugs, I'm doing crime... That, cause it, like, you know what I mean? That, on my aspect, that's not me at all. That's not who I am. I'm straight by the book. Like, you know what I mean? I won't even, oh, so many things that I don't even do just because, like, I don't want to be counted out if I do want to, let's say, apply for a job or Something like that. I don't want to be counted out, so I just don't even partake in it. I don't hang out with her. And yes, I have a time. Like, I have a time. I have a legal time. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't get my hands dirty. I've seen what 
certain things due to communities and you everything what like that. To me first hand, shit. Exactly. Yeah. Not only you, my father yeah. was addicted to drugs. Like yeah. so it's just like I don't wanna be wrapped up in addiction. I don't wanna be wrapped up in crime. I don't wanna be any of that stuff. And it's just like why is that so hard for somebody else outside of my race to believe? Right. And it's not about the belief. It's about empowerment. America is a capitalist society. You cannot have capitalism capitalism without stepping on somebody's neck. You simply cannot. There has to be the bottom tier, the middle tier, and the upper tier. The hierarchy. So, therefore, in this hierarchy in which you discuss, you study sociology just like I have. And you know good damn well you have classism. And in classism, you got the upper class. And in politics, they always talk about the middle class. But guess what words they won't say? The lower class. And that is in sociology. The lower class. They will say that in sociology. But they won't say it in public. Below the poverty Same difference, yes. Tomato to motherfucking motto. (laughs) But they won't say that shit when they're trying to get your vote, though, right? It's always the middle class. They are the target demographic. The middle class. And the middle class used to be the factory worker with the white picket fence, the, what, 1.5 or 2.5 children and shit, the lily white bitch with the nice skirt on, and, and that's it, and that's all in a nice car in the driveway. And it is crazy how they don't even really try to mention, like, the upper class. Yeah. Is, which is, and that's that's the crazy thing about, I want to say, from my or generation. the 1%, yes. We don't even, we strive for the middle class, but we never even strive for the the 1%. We don't strive for that. The right. upper middle class or even the wealthy. And it's just like, it's so sad that we're just settling at a point. And it's just because, like, people, if you are within the middle class or the upper middle class, it's just like, oh, you're doing well for a black boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like. What do I have? That is so sad because at the end of the day, that same percentage is still struggling paycheck to paycheck. And the mouth. And it it just has to stop. And then it's just like, I just want to bring up the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And what did they make? Like $7 million or something in like two weeks? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I could be Why wrong. can't people see that them people hired a marketing firm to make that happen? I don't think genius. it was. I don't think it was a market. You think that pure, went purely viral? Yes. Back and to niggaism again. <laughs> Damn. Look, we post what we want to post. We advocate for what we want to advocate. We stand for what we want to stand for. There's no way in hell uh-uh, that... Uh-uh, go ahead, there, your point. Go there's ahead. no way that um, this touched so many... So many people, so many genres, so so many aspects of life, um, whether you're 14 to 40. There's mm-hmm. no way that touched so many just on marketing alone. Oh, yeah, it's because the Because I, I will say, because, like, that sandwich has been out for weeks. I had that sandwich probably a week and a half before it went viral. Is it worth the rave? It's pretty good, I ain't gonna <laughs> Hey, sell out! No, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did have that. I had that sandwich like a week and a half before it went I'm viral. So ashamed of and me. then black people got a hold of Charlemagne, uh, who was like, "Oh, this sandwich is so good." 
a black person. I'm not saying they didn't pay him to say it or whatever. But like, but he is in marketing. Because, I mean, in order to get your radio tools out, you got to do marketing. I, I can say with the millennials, the power of social media is so prevalent that like we can literally move mountains in a sense. You're making but, my point for me. But it's just like, what are you moving the mountains for at this? You know what I mean? Excuse like, me. What other foolishness? God damn it! If I hear this shark shit again, I'm a scream. Let me tell you something. Y'all baby sp- shark. Yeah, I'm so sick of that shit. Uh, let me tell you something. It's so cute. <laughs> Any motherfucker way. The thing about it is they got algorithms for this shit. Do you yeah, really? There are. Think it's past. I mean, they got algorithms for hit songs now. Everything, all this motherfucking data mining comes down to this. This is the end result of data mining. Data mining. Motherfuckers going crazy over a goddamn chicken sandwich. You can't overlook that. I've studied this shit for years. From the from the yeah from the conspiracy theory all the way down to the actual facts written by the scholars, right? And so, therefore, when you're talking about this type of things, don't put it past these two companies to hire a marketing firm to make this happen. It started with Charlemagne. Charlemagne is in. A, the number one media he's market in, in the United of, States. No, he's in the number one media market in the United States. He has in a lot of pots, and I will say that. Again, the so, number one media market in the United advertised States. advertised Orange Coca-Cola, too. Thank you. And so you tell me when say, hey, Charlotte Mango, $250,000 or $25,000, I'm talking about this chicken sandwich real quick. And then they got their people in the back with the algorithm. And all you find is one dude, the dude that they got on there, the preacher dude on our end, ain't no telling who they got on the white end, and it meets in the middle. And you think that y'all having original ideas. Your generation is not having original ideas. I will say that my generation is not having original ideas just based on the fact that you're redoing Lion King and... um, Aladdin and Milan. Things that and came the Jeffersons. Yeah, things that came out when I was like five, I feel like shouldn't have uh touched surfacing until I was forty. But what about the shit again in the sixties, eighties, and seventies? They redoing every, they about to redo Seinfeld? I'm just asking. What the fuck? They trying to do a Martin reboot. Where's the original idea? Everything is cookie cutter. If it ain't broke, don't America fix it. is a microwave right now. We are a microwave generation, but we live in a crockpot world. Mm-hmm. We want things quick and fast. We want to cut costs where we can. And I don't see the problem in that, but it gets a little oversaturated and it gets a little old pretty easily. And if you don't, and you're so generation, y'all speak with forked tongues. If you don't see the problem with that, which is what we sit up here chirping about, then you are nuts. But is this something that your generation say constantly, if it's not broke, don't fix it? No, it's not! (laughs) We're talking about a continuation of a thing that actually works, but the problem is is that we are wrong. Can you say that you are wrong? Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it, don't mean it's good. That is true. It doesn't mean that it's good, but if it's not broke, don't fix it, and then maybe we could potentially make it great. There's always a potential for something, and so maybe we're just going into that small crevice to try to make it better. But your generation think y'all have an original idea. I sit up here and play that. I sit up here and play the same song for my little sister just now. She hated our version. You liked it because you the bridge between. You like both versions. She hated my version. <laughs> Loved her version. It's the same goddamn song. You see what I'm saying? Because this generation thinks that there is something new under the sun, and it simply is not. And it's just sad as fuck because let us go to the Russian hackers who influence so much, so much, 
I mean, they affect they affected American life as we speak to this very day through social media because it has. I mean, you got people who do nothing but check their phone all day. I got sitting in the joint, right? And I seen three female caseworkers. All of them came in with the same bare boots on that day. Bare boots. So I asked the one that was cool. She, there was a suede boots with shingles, big calf, right? <laughs> so I said, well, where you get your shit from? She said, some spot online. And I just knew that the other bitches got the same shit, too, from the same goddamn spot. And you telling me that wasn't the end result of marketing? Marketing is key. You know good goddamn well. If you can't sell it, then there ain't nobody smell it. I don't care how good the product is. So this chicken sandwich shit, I hate to be the conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying if I was Chick-fil-A, I would hire out-of-the-box thinkers to market my sandwich in any way. It goes back to guerrilla marketing. marketing your sandwiches and also giving other people profit is not really... Uh, Excuse me, right now, everybody's on the same team. Have you not noticed how many conglomerations is coming together and absorbing other companies? You don't know who owned them companies. Let's research it and find out. It might be owned by the same company. Just like when you buy a franchise. I might buy a Wendy's and you're going to put a Burger King right across the street. Yeah. So, I mean, everything is one team now. For real, for real. Everything's being absorbed. Every company's being interrupted by every other company right now. How the fuck did we get from what's wrong with black people to every other company getting it? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, not really, because it's all one of the same. Let me bring this shit all back, fuckers, right? Black people are really fucked up. I'm done. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say black people fucked up. Um, I would say all people are fucked up, but it doesn't mean, like, just America. Mm. It just means, like, at the end of the day, for me, um, love is key. You know what I mean? And like, I believe you gotta just, love will be the savior of the world. You got to love thy neighbor. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds corny, but it, it really is. And it's just it's like, that's literally, for me, separating um, a lot of things. That's literally separating the, the wage gap. That's, mm-hmm. you know, separating the race wars. You just got to really love Every individual and kind of just go with the flow, accept the differences that comes with another person because you're not the same at the end of the day. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to have a different standpoint. And um, for me, I'm just going to end it. And um, well, Let me end it like this. All right. You said that, yeah, it's not necessarily black people fucked up. It's all people are fucked up. But... Right now, the Mexican-American and the Mexican-Mexican or whatever, Mexican-National, whatever you want to call them, they're on the hot seat right now. And they're still not as fucked up as us. So, my thing is, if we're going to be fucked up, let us be white fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Let us not be black fucked up. That's your opinion because, you know, I don't know whose hands this is going to reach, but they're not going to see it in that that way and they're not going to think like Okay, well, let me rephrase it then. We're at the bottom of every socioeconomic disparity. Depending on stats. No. And you can you Regardless can finagle. Of stats. Come on, man. I do the stats. Like, well, what stats do you have? You can finagle stats yeah, like something no, really crazy. You could, just on a statistical level, you could put alpha at 0. 0.05 or mm. what? 0. 0.10, 0. like something like that. It's like three levels 
that you could put Alpha at. And if that's not finagling to make sure you can show some sort of significance, I don't know what it is. No, I read this book, How to to Manipulate Stats. I read the book while I was in the joint, right? But let's go fuck statistics. Let's take a look at the world. Who's at the bottom? Who's at the middle? Who's at the top? Even selling dope, niggas is at the bottom right now. It's sick. And that's degradation at its highest level. So my thing is, it's one thing to be black. It's another thing to be fucked up. But when you black and fucked up, like they say, when America has a cold, your ass got the flu. And I'm going to end it on this. This is a good podcast, by the way. Church. I want to end it on this. Um, just speaking for my black people, going out to any other race, for any other race, just give us a chance because we're not so different at the end of the day. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. Man, I'm out. Say amen. You got anything else? Peace to the gods. You already know what it is. It's the head not to tell. It's GQ Smooth. That's GQ underscore S-M-0-O-T-H on IG. And it's the refrigerator. Reach me at 48theshort at gmail.com or Lamont Fridge. Need them IG or Facebook. Holler at us. Check us. Whatever. We ready. Oh, <laughs>